Miss Pierce had short bobbed hair, what we called a boyish bob, a very stern expression. And it was rumored that she smoked, though I never knew that to be a fact. But she was a stern disciplinarian. And every week we had to learn a poem. And one of the poems we learned was the grapevine swing. When I was a boy on the old plantation down by the deep bow, the fairest spot in all creation under the arching blue, when the wind came over the cotton and corn to the long, slim, loop-eyed spring, with brown feet bare and hat brim torn and swinging the grapevine swing. Swinging in the grapevine swing, laughing where the wild birds sing, oh, to be a boy with a heart full of joy, swinging in the grapevine swing. Now, I learned it and learned it well, but I never did like that part about, oh, to be a boy with a heart full of joy. Because though I was a girl, I had swung on many a grapevine swing, and I didn't swing in it the way this poem said. We cut those vines so that they hung loose from those tall trees and grabbed the end of that vine and would swing out over the gullies in hills pasture or guns pasture or wherever we were playing. It was not a gentle loop that we sat in and gently swayed back and forth. Oh, to be a boy. That kind of upset me, and I changed my version of it to, Oh, to be a girl with a heart all a whirl. And Miss Marion Pierce glared at me, and she says, You do not alter the poetry that you are assigned to memorize. And so I went back to sing, Oh, to be a boy, with a heart full of joy. But in my heart, I was singing, Oh, to be a girl, with your heart all whirl, swinging in the grapevine swing. Welcome to Miss Melissa's. How are you today? Just fine, thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. What would you like to eat today? We have a real nice buffet, vegetables and homemade desserts. Yeah, I was looking at it. Everything looks good. What I really want is some cornbread, some good southern country cornbread with no sugar in it. Well, we have plenty of that, all you can eat. When I'm traveling around in Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi, wherever I might be, I like to stop at a little family-owned and run restaurants when possible to eat. See what kind of food they're serving there. You get a little, little tired of all of the chain food that you find along all the highways. It guess what? Tastes all alike, and you can't remember what you really have. And it always pleases me when they have vegetables at these little restaurants. And of course, I always ask for cornbread to go with it. And it's just amazing the variety that you get in cornbread, the different kinds of it. You never do know exactly what to expect when you order cornbread. But I'm always shocked when they don't have cornbread. I expect any southern eating establishment to have cornbread. They just shouldn't be allowed a license to operate if they don't have cornbread. But some of them will try to foist off these old bakery rolls on you that have no taste and just kind of, ah. 
but cornbread must be had with turnip greens and snap beans and collards and peas and okra and tomatoes and butter beans and all those good things, vegetables that you have in the summertime. And Well, even in the wintertime, I want cornbread. But sometimes they bring it to you and it's flat and kind of gummy. I don't know how they make it that way. And then sometimes it will be high and, and you think it's going to be light and good, but it's been baked too fast. I think it has crust, hard crust all around it, but no good inside. But the worst kind of cornbread that they can bring you anywhere is cornbread that has sugar in it. Now that's pure Yankee cornbread. No decent southern cornbread has ever had sugar in it. And when I protest about it, sometimes they look at me a little strangely, but I say to them, did your mama put sugar in her cornbread? And then they look a little ashamed that they have strayed from their good home raising. Because, you know, cornbread, it just doesn't need anything except good water ground meal, if that's possible, the nearest thing you can get to home ground meal. And bacon grease, which is so nice and full of cholesterol, you can substitute a vegetable oil, and I guess it'll turn out just as well almost. And a fresh egg, preferably out of the backyard, but you can buy them at the store. And freshly churned buttermilk and Mix that all together, a little soda, a little bit, baking powder. Good cook knows how much of everything to put in. Some cooks put a, about a tablespoon of flour, plain flour, in with the cornmeal. That's not necessary. But get you a skillet that's real well greased and piping hot and pour that batter into it and pop it into a hot oven and Wait till it browns on top and take it out and slice it in pie-shaped wedges. There's just nothing in the world any better than hot cornbread buttered. Put a little ribbon cane syrup on it if you want to, or the fig preserves, strawberry preserves. Well, that's a little fancy for cornbread. Actually, it doesn't need anything but a little butter and a big glass of buttermilk or iced tea or fresh sweet milk, as we called it. And sit there and eat that cornbread with no sugar in it. Turn on my car radio the other day while I was on my way to see some more of Alabama got a radio station that was new to me, a, a religious broadcasting station from Dixon's Mills, Alabama. And that really triggered some memories. Dixon's Mills is in Marengo County, a little bitty community now. It's, uh, I guess, about eight, ten miles north of Thomasville. But when I was a child... They had a big camp meeting at Dixon Mills every summer. 
My family, my father, before I was born, was a member of the original board of that camp meeting. They bought or leased some property along the creek in Dixon's Mill, put up a tabernacle, big open-sided frame building with hard wooden seats, sawdust sprinkled all around. And families would come and camp there for a week, two weeks, a month, listening to preaching. They came and camped in tents first, and I used to listen to my family talk about the heavy rains that would come during the camp meeting. They'd have to get up in the night and dig ditches so that uh, the water would be diverted and not run through those tents and wash them into the creek. And finally they became a little more little better established, and and families built cottages there, open houses really with a lot of screen wire from about four feet up, the rest of it would be screen, and very little privacy. Some of the cottages, though, were two-story with the bedrooms on the top floor. And it became so popular to go to Dixon Mill and camp there during the camp meeting that even opened a big restaurant on the campgrounds and the food there was just excellent. People from miles around would come especially on Sundays to attend the worship service and then to eat at the restaurant at the Dixon Mills camp meeting. And they had good preachers there of the ilk of Billy Sunday. Huge crowds and the singing was just still talked about, and the piano playing. The